Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class John Valentine. Welcome to the Veterans Be Real podcast. Here's where we try to keep it real and do our best to help all our fellow veterans out there. This podcast will hopefully open our veterans' eyes into the transition and challenges they are facing and give them some guidance along the way. Please subscribe and download our podcast. We look forward to you, your insight, and your loyalty. Thanks for listening. And now, here's Veterans Be Real. All right, good afternoon, Veteran Be Real listeners out there. It's uh, Sergeant Be Real bringing you in another episode of the veteran transition and the, and the challenges that we all face as soldiers, Marines, airmen, sailors, guardsmen, about getting out of the military and transitioning into the civilian sector once again. Today I have Kyle Page. He's going to come on. He's a Marine vet. I'm going to open the floor up to him. He's going to talk to you a little bit about his time in the Marines and what he did as his transition out, where he is now, all right? So, Kyle, the floor is yours, my friend. Awesome. Thank you for having me. First off, an honor. Yep. Uh, after I graduated, I did a, uh, what I like to call it, trimester at the University of Alabama. I dropped out, not because I couldn't do it. I, I had good grades. I just, there was no benefit, really. I didn't see myself going anywhere. So, dropped out, joined the Marine Corps, went open contract. They put me as a mechanic, which I thought was kind of funny because I had no clue about anything mechanic-wise except to change tires. So, that was Interesting, but it was it was cool. So went in. I went into a combat logistics unit over at Camp Lejeune. I was a diesel mechanic in uh, Motor T. I learned a lot of great things. Obviously, it's a very good skill to have, and it transitions well for the most part to civilian life. So that worked out. But I was really I, lo- I loved the Marine Corps. I loved what I did. I wasn't crazy about my unit, but I, I loved every every other aspect. And so I was planning on making a career and. So 2012 rolls around. We're getting ready to deploy to Afghan, and they put me on a, a record team on the 36 of the, the seven-ton record. So we go to Afghan. We're the start of the drawdown out there. We're tearing apart all the fobs that everyone spent years building up. It was a pretty cool experience. We got to work with a bunch of different people that typically you wouldn't get the chance to work with if you were just on a normal deployment out there. Since you're part of the drawdown, there were less units. So you had one unit taking care of more areas than they normally would. So it was a really cool experience. Unfortunately, we did lose a couple guys out there to IEDs. We got back. I became a marksmanship instructor. I got promoted to corporal. Things were going really great. And I went to go get my record license renewed. And they found some some complications medically with me at that point, and that's when the discharge process started. It took a little over a year. So my whole world went from completely awesome, like skyrocketing, skyrocketing, and then deployment happened. I hit a rock bottom, and everything started going really, really good again, and then hit rock bottom even, even more so. So it, it was pretty difficult for me. Like I said, I, I was planning on making a career out of it, so... And that was a big change, like, hey, you're going to be discharged in six months to a year. Figure out what you're going to do next. So I was like, well, fortunately, I, I, I'm a mechanic. So I, I have a transferable skill that I, I can use. And so I, I used that to my advantage and started applying for jobs immediately before I was even getting discharged um, or before I was to that point. And so 
I, I would say within a, probably about a month, maybe six months before I got out, a month after I started buying for jobs, I received a, an offer uh, at a mechanic shop, literally starting the day after I, I got out, which was very awesome. It was like I, kind of that silver lining. I was like, okay, maybe this won't be too bad. So I get out. Uh, it wasn't too bad at first. It, it, like I said, it, it was a fairly easy transition for me. The Marine Corps handled most everything with the VA and stuff. So I was very fortunate there. And yeah, I, it, for people that aren't getting medically discharged, I highly recommend starting that process as soon as possible and, and get help. Don't rely on the VA to do things for you because they're not going to look out for you in your best interest at all. There's still things that, that I fight with on, on a daily basis with the VA from things that have occurred after after the Marine Corps that they should have represented and didn't. We'll get into that later. But yeah, so start that process as early as possible. Get help. There's a ton of organizations out there that can help with that transition process to make it as easy as possible. And, and I, I try to support those as much as possible because a lot of people don't know know about them. Probably the, the big, my favorite one, which I just learned about this year, is Bunker Labs. That's one that I, I got real big into this past fall, and I support very heavily because it, it helps with veterans transitioning and becoming business owners. Yeah, they're uh, which, really big in the entrepreneur side of it, that for sure. Yeah, we use them here in Texas a lot, too. Yeah, so amazing organization. I highly recommend looking at that. If, the, if becoming a business owner is something that you're looking at doing when you transition out. But other than that, I mean, the, the DAV, depending where you are, the VFW, American Legion, unfortunately, here locally, they aren't worth anything. Yeah. But there are a lot of organizations out there that are great and are the 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 inks uh, in the paper that they're written on. So definitely seek out help when when you're transitioning because it, it can be a rough process if you don't have it and if you don't have those systems in place and the skills and jobs set up to help you with that. Even though I did have the job, it made it a lot easier. It was still rough because it's a huge change in lifestyle. I mean, you're going from all this structure and like you know exactly what you need to do when you need to do it. There's no question about it. There's like it, it was a lot simpler and it got a lot more difficult because you lose a lot of that structure. You lose a lot of your friends and the, the camaraderie, the people that you're out with. And so that was a little bit difficult. I, I was doing really good with the mechanics, but I wanted more. I, I, I always had a growth mindset. And so I started getting into welding, became a welder. I unfortunately had a couple of injuries with that. That put me out of work for a very long time, a little bit over a year. At the same time, I was getting married. I was having my first kid. So there's a lot of things happening at once. And then with everything that I had going on from the Marine Corps and personally, eventually all that, it, it was a perfect storm. So again, started going downhill real fast. I sought help from different organizations, mainly the VA and things like that, and just didn't receive the help uh, that I needed. Started getting back into drinking and stuff like that. And my wife, she was a teacher. When I first met her and she became a realtor and at that point in time, it was again, a real low point for all of us. She was just getting started in real estate. She was with Keller Williams and we have our own nonprofit through Keller Williams called KW Cares. And this was around the time that Hurricane Harvey hit Houston. I was in between jobs. I was not in a good place. I was like, no, I, I need to do something not only for other people, but kind of for me, like it was a make myself feel worthy again or like that, like that I'm doing something worthwhile again. 
so I went through KW Caters, went down to Houston, went to help out the, the flood victims. I was down there maybe, I think it was like two or three days after the hurricane hit. I was down there for a whole week and I had no clue who anyone was. It was a really cool experience because, again, it was, it was through Keller Williams. So I was meeting all these people. I thought they were just regular Joe Schmo real estate agents. And a lot of them were, but a lot of them weren't. A lot of them were like these really high up people within the company, millionaires. I mean, these, these were people that have been around the block and are really, really well off and kind of changed my perspective on some things. Especially like what you can do with money and stuff like that. Cause I thought people at that point just gave money and didn't really volunteer and get their hands dirty, stuff like that. So it was a cool experience. They kind of pushed me into it or pushed me towards real estate. And I was, again, I wasn't in a good place. I was looking for some sort of normalcy again. I always wanted to get into law enforcement, but it's kind of hard to do in my area. You have to know someone and kind of, yeah, get get a little hand me outs in order to, to get anywhere in law enforcement here. So the easiest thing to do was going to uh, corrections. Not something I wanted to do at all, but we were in a very rough place financially. And so I, I signed up for corrections and I told my wife, I was like, hey, I kind of really want to get into real estate. Uh, I was like, I, I don't know why. I don't think I would be good at it. I don't have the, the, the personality for it, but something about it, I, I don't know. I just, I'm interested. I want to try it out. Maybe I can just help you, whatever. She thought it was a horrible idea. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take it. Anyways. So at the same time, I'm working full time at the prison. We're extremely short staffed. We're working like crazy. And I'm, I'm taking my class at the same time for real estate. Pass it the first time. I don't know how. And so I get my license. I was like, now I got to actually do this. So I switched to nights at the prison. They were even more short-staffed. And I was like, you know what? Let, let's see how this works out. So I, I did 12-hour shifts at the prison at night and would turn around, a couple hours of sleep, work real estate during the day for a few hours, hang out with the family, sleep a little bit more, go back to work. And it was all right for, for a while. I didn't really go too crazy. And then I got my first sale. It, it was a, a Marine Corps veteran that I knew. I helped him buy his first house. It, it was an awesome experience, and it, it really got me excited about real estate. It's, like, it's not just helping someone buy a house; like it, it's a lot more to that. And that's one thing that we really stress is like the relationship side of things. And we really focus on the veteran law enforcement community. So I got really excited about it, and I started. I was like, I, I really want to get into this. I, I want to put everything into it. I was like, I have a lot of debt. We can't survive just on the wife's income from real estate and my VA disability. We, we can't survive just on that alone with the kids and everything. So I, I needed to bust my, bust my butt for a while. So I started pulling overtime at the prison and I got to the point where I was working three to 400 hours a month at the prison. Turning around, I was averaging maybe one to two hours of sleep a day for almost a year straight and working real estate at the same time. And that was all summer of 2018 and last summer. And fortunately, we, we were able to pay off almost all of our debt. We paid off over $75,000 in debt in one year, which afforded me the ability to leave the prison last summer. And after that, our business just exploded. And it, it took off. I was able to get sleep again. I was getting the, the help I needed. And I was able to, to focus on my family and, and my business and, the, the outcome of that, just me being in a better place mentally, we could see it in, in every aspect of our life. Definitely our, our business for sure. Right. Yeah. Well, as you guys can see, Kyle went through some stuff, right? Kyle had some some tribulations. He figured it out, though. You know, he's a Marine. 
So he put his nose to the grindstone and just kept plugging away and he found his niche and, you know, but he did what he had to do. I mean, I talked to this a lot about too with veterans out there. Sometimes we got to do what we got to do, right? We just got to get a paycheck. We just got to do something to keep the momentum going forward, right? So Kyle did that. He kept the momentum going forward. He just always kind of keep moving forward, keep moving forward, hit a little speed bump. Okay, it's a bump, no big deal. Jump back in, found something different, you know? So you guys out there listening, remember that the transition isn't always, yeah, his transition was typically probably I would rate it easier than normal because he already had the job lined up when he got out and he kind of rolled right into it. But like he said, it was good for a little while, but then because there wasn't that rigid schedule and it wasn't the things to expect, it was kind of different every day. It makes it a challenge for all of us out there. So just remember, you know, moving into this, this isn't as easy as just going from one job to another, one unit to another. Like how somewhere I was in the army for 20 years. I PCS and transition all the time. It's kind of like that. The first week is a little uncomfortable because it's a new unit, but then you get back into the groove, PT, you know, work call, da 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 and it gets into that same kind of thing. Well, civilian jobs aren't like that, guys. They're not. They change like the weather. It's always changing, and and they don't need you like like the military. Like, you're not if you're in the military, you're you're there until you like royally screw up or you decide to get out. Yeah, and, and even then, I mean. At least when I was in, even if you're morally screwed up, I mean, you're, they're not, they weren't going to kick you out. I mean, it had to be really, really Yeah, you're stuff. talking DUI or drug charge or something. I mean, yeah, most stuff is a big slap on the wrist, a little extra duty. Maybe you lose some rank, but they keep you in. Yeah. They just re-abuse you and use you, and then you get you get over it, yeah. Yep. So you, it, that job security is there. In, in the civilian world, you just don't have that. Your bosses, they don't care. The, the leadership is completely different. I mean, and it's sad, honestly. And that's one thing I really like about Keller Williams is the the leadership and the camaraderie and stuff that we have within our company. And now not every Keller Williams office is, is like that, but as a whole, as a company, I mean, it's the closest thing that I've found to the, the military. And, and again, I mean, it's completely different worlds, but as far as like the familyness, the camaraderie, the support and the leadership structure is phenomenal. Yeah, and that's another huge thing out there for you guys. It's not always about how much money you're making at a job. It's about how comfortable you are, how happy you are with where you're at. You know, the money's going to come and go anyway. So it's not like, you know, you got to make a million dollars a year to be happy. You just got to find something where you have respect when you go to work. You respect the people you work with. You know, like Rick, like Kyle saying that the environment is suitable to what you need. And what we need mostly as veterans and as soldiers is you want to be in an environment where you can walk around and you can at least be yourself around people. You don't have to fake it. You know, you don't got to yeah. fake it, make it kind of thing. You know, because I know I can speak from the Army. You know, there was guys in my unit that I didn't like at all, but he was in my unit. So nobody else messed with him. Nah, 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 nah. Me and him might not got along, but nobody outside of my unit messed with him when he was around me. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the that feeling you get of that camaraderie because you didn't even have to like everybody in your unit, but you didn't let nobody mess with those people that were in your unit because they were in your unit. So yep. um, kind of the same thing in a civilian job, you know, you want to have that, but I know like my first job when I got out, I worked, I was a drill instructor at a juvenile detention center and everybody I worked with was a military veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, at, least, at least my core grew the drill sergeants. We were all ex-military, but we had civilian counterparts that worked with us and those people weren't, structured they weren't disciplined you know we were there to discipline the kids and keep them in line they were there to kind of mentor them so to speak but guess what we turned into the mentors too because the kids respected us more because we held them to a standard and we held them accountable for their actions during the day whereas the civilians would let them get away with stuff and then they would get over and they would know who they could do so it's really about the environment you find yourself in and like kyle said Mm -hmm. he had a job he was getting paid 
It was an okay job as far as the job went, but he was missing that structure that gave him confidence in who he was, right? Because as soldiers, that's part of our confidence as soldiers that we know we're going to go to our unit, do PT, be in our unit, you know, go to the duty call, blah, 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 end of day formation, get released. And we also know that there's somebody on the phone if we need him, we pick the phone up and somebody's going to bend over backwards and take care of us. We're in a civilian job. They might not answer the phone when you call because they're not at work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So whole different concept out there, guys. So just remember that all of us transition are going to go through different things. Like Kyle went through some different, just like uh, the last episode, Joe and other guys, they all went through different challenges, right? Not, not, of most, not all of them are so horrible or whatever, but it isn't about being horrible because psychologically, and Kyle may not want to admit to this. I didn't want to admit to it a long time, but you go through a lot of anxiety. You, you know, you, you fluctuate mentally. Yes. You might get angry easier. You might get sad easier. You might get frustrated easier because you're not in the norm. You're not in your comfort zone anymore. You're in a different zone. You're in a different place. You're in a different environment. So like Kyle said, and look, look what it led for Kyle. I mean, think about this. Even in time as a Marine Corps, he went overseas, went through that deployment, lost some buddies over there, whatever, came back, found out medically he wasn't the same. And there could have been a whole bunch of stuff tied. It could have been physically. It could have been some mentally stuff. It could have been a whole bunch of things that tied yep. into what happened to Kyle. All right. He didn't have to go into detail for me. I kind of know you lose people overseas. You're not the same anymore. You're just not the same. It's just not capable. You're not capable of being the same person, especially if you knew him. Like I was wearing a bracelet. I'm wearing a bracelet. I lost soldiers directly under my charge. I lost soldiers that were in my unit. So I understand what that does to a person. And see, when we get back and we come back, how many people, you know, there's probably a lot of the other listeners right now that are wearing these bands that are around our wrist that identify mm-hmm. somebody we lost, right? How many people out there even know what those are? If you're not military or a veteran, yeah. most people don't know. And I get all kinds of stupid questions about my bracelet all the time. Like, why are you wearing that? What's that about? And I have to yeah. get I lost over there. He was one of my clothes, you know, he's one of my good kids over there, blah, blah. And then you got to drudge that shit up again. Now we wear it. So when I look at Kyle and I see that me and him already right there before we even talk to each other, we know we have a connection because we lost somebody we cared about that was one of ours or one of our own or one of our unit or what. So there's already an unwritten connection right there, right? Civilian sector. I've never been in a job in a civilian sector that had anything like that. Not even close. Like they don't go to war. They don't depend on each other for their lives to be saved or, or what. They, it's just not the same, guys. It's just not living in a civilian sector is not. They're living off the freedoms we provide them because we went over to those locations to protect those kind of people from coming over to this country and doing anything bad over here. So it's a whole different world. And, and Kyle, you know, knowing what he's gone through and what he's been through and what he's going through, it all ties back to our service, right? Because Kyle said he wanted to do a 20-year career. He wanted to do the whole thing. Didn't work out for him, unfortunately. But he's, he's still proud of his service. He's still proud of who he is. He's still proud of who he was. And that's what you as a veteran got to remember. You know, you got to be who you are now, but you got to be proud of who you were and what you did. You got to be proud of your service. You got to be proud of the opportunity you gave to this country to be the country that we are and have the freedoms that we have. So it's, it's pretty in-depth. And, and like Kyle said earlier, nothing's the same when you get out. And it's not the same. It's just not the same. It can be good, but it's not the same. Yeah, and – you, you mentioned towards the beginning that uh, your level of anxiety completely changes. I mean, and my wife will, will, will talk about that all day. Um, too, she can go on about hours, have hours. Our wives <laughs> could probably have a long conversation about that shit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, I mean, even from – I mean, from the time that I got back from, from Afghan until I was discharged from the Marine Corps, it was almost – it was about a year and a half. So, I mean, even from the time that I got back and she knew me, then, like, it's completely different. I mean, you would think it wouldn't be that much different 
but it, it gets a lot worse. And well, because, yeah. like you said, it, it could be the flip of a switch, one little thing, and you're freaking out about nothing. Dude, my biggest thing, look, I was a leader. I was a sergeant first class. I, re- I ran an aid station. I had soldiers and medics under me. We did all kinds of Bro, when I got back, you're not the same human being when you come back from combat. It's just impossible to even think that a person could do that. But on top of that, like we were just talking about that short fuse or that short temp. Listen, man, I would tell soldiers don't X, Y, and Z. And if they didn't do it, there are immediate repercussions for that because that X, Y, and Z might have got them killed or might have got somebody around them killed. So your mindset as a, as a combat veteran, and I'm always speaking to my combat vets out there now. I'm not saying if you've been to combat, you're, not as, you're just as important as everybody else. But what I'm saying is a combat veteran – goes through things, who especially seen combat or seen action, because there's some combat vets that never see any action because they're fobbits, and that's cool. we got to have support over there, right? But the point is, you're not the same human being when you come home, and your wife and your family, and everybody's got to understand, you're not, he, Kyle's not the same Kyle when he left and came back. Nick wasn't the same guy he left when he left and came back. It just doesn't work that way, because the things you see, the, the actions you go under, the things that happen to you, change the way you look at life, change the way you look at perception. Like me, I have a, when my anxiety gets too high, I throw up in my mouth. Like I can feel my stomach bubbling and I just puke in my mouth. Now I don't puke like it goes everywhere, like a TV commercial kind of puke, but enough that I can taste it. And then I just swallow it. But that also is a signal for me now that my anxiety is getting point. So I need to make sure everybody around me understands that I got to go calm down first before it goes to the next level. So I, my body creates a safety point for me. So I know I can tell my wife, Hey, give me a minute. You know what I'm saying? I need to go in the bathroom for a second, rinse my mouth out, blah, blah, blah. And she knows, okay, his anxiety was up. So she knows now. And then my wife's been to, we've been to therapy together. We've been to retreats because she has to know that stuff because you have to train your spouse now. You have to train your kids even. Like my kids know now when I get to a certain point, time to walk away from dad or he's going to blow up and it's going to get ugly around here. So let's just move away. So, you know, you go through a lot as a combat veteran. Now, as a regular soldier, there's still that stuff. You still get traumatic stuff happens to you in the unit in garrison. You know what I mean? I'm sure Kyle, when he was a Marine, he got his ass lit into by his gunnery sergeant or his sergeants when he did something stupid. And it's something he remembers because we all went through that. We all went through basic and got torn apart, torn all the way down, and then built back up, right? But that's the way it goes. You know, Kyle, his situation, learned it where they had to med board him out because of his medical situation because of what happened to him while he was in the Marine Corps. Now, think about that for a minute. The Marine Corps brought him in, trained him, put millions of dollars into this kid's training and make him a mechanic and make him be able to do what he did. Then he got hurt. And they decided to med board him. Now, they probably could have worked around this because I worked in the, in, the, in the WTU in the Army. And I worked around guys like Kyle that got hurt, whatever. And they were medically boarding him out. And I would try to help them find different ways that we could work it out. But, and it was hard, though, because the military was at a point where they were cutting back. And so they were just coming up with any excuse to kick guys out. The only benefit to being medically boarded out is you're take, technically you're retired. You get a blue ID card. and You get a medical percentage for your insurance. and the, So it's a little different. But the point is... Kyle's whole life changed. He planned on doing 20 years. Then all of a sudden, they cut that off. So his life could have been a lot worse, actually. I mean, I'm actually really proud yeah. of you, Kyle. Your life could have been a lot worse. You could well, have and, and to, you made it really bad. And, and, and to go on the, the, the benefit side of things, that make sure you, you are asking as many questions as possible, like, especially but if you're getting out, period. But especially if you're getting medically discharged, Make sure you're asking all these questions because there's a lot of stuff they just don't tell you because they don't care, even if it's the Marine Corps. Yeah, it's ACAP. They're clearing you. It's a checklist. It's an Army military checklist. 
they gave you paperwork, say clear post, and you clear post. You turn your gear in. You do, you went to all the classes you had to go to for you. To get, that's all they care about is you get the blocks checked, and, and that's the scary. Yeah. Well, even like the classes and stuff. There's a lot of stuff. They're just rambling through this stuff as fast as they can because they don't want to be there. It's the power. So for for instance, one big thing that we really could have used and could really use right now that we missed out on because I didn't know about it because no one told me was the the medical insurance with, with I can't I'm having a brain fart right now but with continuing your medical yeah your Tricare continuing your Tricare after you get out you can pay for it at a highly discounted rate I didn't know that there was a cutoff date that you have to sign up for it's like six months from the date of discharge yeah you no one ever told me that they tell you you still have medical coverage for six months but they don't tell you that hey you can sign up for it and keep it for the rest of your life at a discounted rate. Yeah, they yeah. don't volunteer that information because they don't want and you so, to because it costs so my, my family missed out on that benefit because of the lack of information. I mean, fortunately, I'm covered. Well, I want to say fortunately, but I am covered through the VA, so I don't need anything. But my wife and kids, I mean, it's it's hard. And there, there's a lot of things that could have helped us a lot more if I would have had that information. Yeah, and it, and it, it is, guys. It's just... It's asking those questions instead of just going through death by PowerPoint like we all did when we, re- we got out of the military. You have to say, hey, is there any way to keep my medical insurance? Hey, is there any way to keep my dental insurance? Hey, is, is there a policy? Is there a whatever, blah, blah, blah. you got to ask. Even if it sounds stupid, even if you don't want to ask in the class, then ask somebody after. Reach out to go to the DAV, go to the VFW, go to the American Legion, find a nonprofit in the area, reach out on the – do a Google search. Shit, just get on Google. Can an Army veteran get TRICARE? And then find out what it says. It'll walk you through some of this stuff. So or, or if you're getting med- medically discharged and you get 100% disability from the VA, and you, there's all these rumors going around that if you're 100%, you can't work. That's not true. I mean, uh, you can claim n- non-employable. Yeah, there's but, non-employable. There's unworkable. There's they got like five definitions for 100%. I mean, you could be yeah. There, there's you a could whole be 100% and still have a job. Yeah, you can you just yeah. make sure when you're going through that process. You ask, am I still employable? Can I still get a job? Yes or no? Because if it's no, then you get a little extra money and they do a little extra, then they'll help you apply for SSI, all kind of stuff. But if it's yes, then you can still get a job. But some people think if I'm 100%, I can't work. And that's not true at all. Yep. And then they don't get a job and they go years and then they lose all their skills that they had or it's harder for them to get a job later. Or their medical condition gets worse and then they can't work physically because now they are broken and they could have worked for five or six years and put the money away, a whole bunch of things. So, yeah. Yep. So Kyle's got a lot of great points, guys. You got you have to think outside the box when you're getting out. Think about what I like to tell soldiers that come to me is this. Think about all the things you get while you're in and ask how you can get those things when you get out because that way you're asking the right questions because now you already know what you're entitled to while you're in the military. Shit, if I was a single soldier, hey, can I get a damn meal card for the, the chow hall still? And they say no, then you're like, why not? And then you, but you start asking those stupid kind of questions because – It'll lead you down a path where you're going to find the right person eventually that's going to show you the right way to get all those things you're entitled to or that you can use later on, like the TRICARE. For, for, you know, cause I, me, I'm 20 years retired, so I got TRICARE. So my family is good. My wife is good for life. My kids are good until they're 21 or whatever unless they go to college, blah, blah, blah. But guys like Kyle who get out because he got forced out medically, he's covered, but his spouse's stuff ain't covered, right? He's got to find a way to take care of his family because he's got a family. So that's how we grow. All right, Kyle. So here's the deal, man. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes here to talk specifically about your business or an organization that you want us to try to, as veterans and military, to kind of jump up and kind of support them to give them either some recognition, your your business, or or an organization that we can support for you. And guys, this will be in the in the Facebook or I mean, excuse me, 
This will be on our podcast link, so you'll be able to reach out whatever Kyle's talking about right now. So don't worry about writing it down. It'll be available to you on our website and on the podcast link. Okay, so Kyle, talk to us a little bit about what you're doing and what we can do to support you, brother. Awesome. So yeah, like I said, I, I'm a realtor at Keller Williams. I have a husband and wife team with my wife, and we're in Southeast North Carolina. We are in uh, Wilmington. We work from Camp Lejeune, Jacksonville area, all the way down to Southport. We're consistently in the top three teams in our company, and we're, I think, in the top 250 in our entire area okay. um, out of over 3,000. So we're, we're very good at what we do. Again, we, we really try and focus on the relationship aspect of real estate. We, we don't want to just do a deal with someone and just drop them off the face of the earth. We, we like to create relationships and stay in touch with people, host events, all kinds of different stuff. One of the things that we, we really like to do, like I said, is support our, our local veterans and law enforcement. I do run one of the largest, locally, largest military and law enforcement Facebook groups in our area, which I'll send you that link as well. Yeah, give me that link, man, so I can get it on there. So that's a really cool group. We have a lot of awesome, well, I would say four main organizations that I really support and, and really try to support as much as possible, especially through my business, is Homes for Our Troops, which is an amazing organization that builds especially adapted homes for disabled veterans. Step Up for Soldiers is another nonprofit. It's awesome. That's local here. Good friends with uh, founder Tom Russell. Bunker Labs, like I said, is another amazing organization. I wish I would have known about that when I was getting out. They're, they're phenomenal. And then Reverent Warriors is another great one. That one, I, I would say, is a really good one to get involved with for the mental aspect because it's it's all about the camaraderie, getting people together, jokes, all that kind of stuff that, that you miss from the military. Being able to speak our language with other people is important. And then they also do the, the silky spikes and stuff like that. So it's a really good organization. And those are the four that I really try to kind of focus my attention on. But there are plenty more, but those are the oh, yeah. There's tons more. But, yeah, that's a great start. So, yeah, Kyle, so listen up, guys. If you're in that North Carolina area – all right, check out Kyle's podcast. After you listen to the podcast, check out the links. We'll have them on our website and on the podcast link. So you should be able to find them, okay? So you guys be out there, be safe, be smart. And listen, think about it before you get out. Just don't get out of the Army or out of the military in a big rush and not think this through, all right? That's why we're doing this podcast. So thanks, Kyle. Appreciate you being on, brother. And, uh, yes, sir. Thank you. you the best. All right, thank you. Bye. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Hope you all got something out of this podcast today. Please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com. Support us because we got your back. Till next time, everyone, I'm out of here. Oh,